0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankston. Today is December 2nd, 2020, which means I'm on day 354 in a row. Out of 365 promised episodes, it brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, sports, food, entertainment, and all things except politics. New movie review, folks. Tenet. Tenet. Yes. At first, I had no idea what was going on in this movie. I mean, at, at the beginning of the movie, you will not know what you're looking at. Bullets are flying in reverse, getting sucked back into guns. Cars are driving backwards. People are speaking in tongues. I mean, you finally realize what the movie is all about maybe midway through, and even by the end, you're left thinking so deeply about it, that is why I loved it. It is one of those films where not only does it keep you guessing, but the deep thought process that must take place while witnessing such a masterpiece is just exactly what I'm looking for in a movie these days. You know, a lot of times you just sit there and watch shoot 'em up bang-bang movies and it's the same old thing over and over and over. Tenet is very unique. People and materials are able to be inverted, which means through the use of radiation, they do things backwards or the opposite of the way we do them. So if a person is inverted, they're walking backwards through life. Only to them, they're walking the correct way. It's just that time is reversed. It's crazy to think about. It's, a, it's an idea in a movie I've never witnessed before, which is a hard thing to do these days. I mean, frankly, there's been a movie about everything. So if, if you even have an idea in your mind and you're like, oh man, I should make a movie out of this. Look it up first because there's probably already a movie Exactly like what you're thinking. But there has never been something like this, I'm positive. And the movie is just fantastic. You realize at one point that some of the main character's friends can't really tell him certain bits of information because that will undo what they've already done and are now reversing while he goes through the timeline in a normal way like a non-inverted human. It's just crazy to even think about. There's a car chase scene where all the cars chasing him are going in reverse, and it's amazing. And if a person has dropped something that's been inverted on the ground, then they can suck it back up like the use of the Force in Star Wars or something, because since it's inverted, then it can go back to the way it was when you dropped it, and go back into your hand. I mean, it's amazing the sort of ideas you could come up with, with the use of that type of technology or ability. And basically, the plot has the future world sending bits of information and inverted products and things back to the past. And the past communicates with the future by sending emails, text messages, just writing something down because eventually it'll make it to the future. And in the future, they have broken up this device into nine pieces that they know could wipe out all humanity. And it is, a, of course, a Russian bad guy's mission to collect all these pieces and put them together because he's dying of pancreatic cancer and he wants the world to go out with him. And the main character must stop this from happening. I mean, you must see Tenet. You must. I'm giving this movie a nine out of 10. It's almost perfect. Only the beginning and the questioning and the sort of being lost for much of the movie takes one off of the 10 total. That would have been a perfect score, but it gets a nine out of 10. Phenomenal cast, phenomenal acting. Freakishly good plot and just a deep-thinking movie. My favorite kind. Tenet. 9 out of 10. Spoiler alert, folks. I'll say it again. Spoiler alert. The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 5. Rosario Dawson. Also known as Ashoka Tano on the actual Mandalorian. And on the Clone Wars animated series. Which, I gotta say, kudos to John Favreau and the Star Wars team for tying in the Clo- Clone Wars character, who's ever so popular, into The Mandalorian Season 2. And Rosario Dawson absolutely killed it. She is so amazing at at, at everything she does. She has the most intense, beautiful eyes ever. I don't even know if they messed with them at all because they just looked so perfect in this. The way she stares at the screen back at you, so intense, it just makes you feel like she's in front of you. And her character, Ashoka Tano, is so badass. Dual white lightsabers and just like some Jedi... Ability that you would only expect to see from a Skywalker or Yoda himself. Now Mandalorian gets to her planet with baby Yoda. Seeking a Jedi to tell him what he should do with baby Yoda or how to train him. And they pair up to destroy this evil magistrate who runs this whole area. And is just a cruel and torturous leader. And I gotta tell you, it all envelops into the most amazing fight scenes. Pairing up combination of two Star Wars characters ever. I would not rather see anybody together than Ashoka Tano and Mandalorian himself. Whooping ass. It was phenomenal. And there's even a couple other familiar faces in there. If you remember Terminator 1, the man who saves Sarah Kana in Terminator 1 happens to be one of the actors in Episode 5 of The Mandalorian Season 2. Seriously good stuff, folks. Uh, If you have not watched any Mando, you have got to watch some Mando. Carl Weathers is in it. I mean... You can't beat Mr. Weathers. You just expect him to be training for one final old man, Tyson versus Jones Jr. boxing match against Sly Stallone. But here he is, killing the game on some Star Wars Disney Plus TV series. I gotta say, I am hooked on this show. I wait every week to get a new episode, and this latest episode was one of the best I've seen. Mando walks away with a spear made out of the same material as his armor, the only metal impenetrable, apparently, by a lightsaber. When he first comes into contact with Rosario Dawson, she attempts to fight him, not knowing why he's out there, because, typically speaking, historically speaking, Mandalorians are the enemy of the Jedi, But not anymore. So watch it. Enjoy it. If you've already seen it, thank God I didn't spoil it for you. Otherwise, I basically just told you everything. I don't know why you continued to listen when I told you there was a spoiler alert at the beginning of this segment of the podcast. Yay! A French chef has been awarded the Guinness Book of World Records for most different types of cheeses put on a pizza at 254. I don't even know how you would fit that much cheese on a pizza. I mean, it would have to be a speck of each cheese, like one shred of each cheese. Not to mention, how are there that many cheeses available to you, whether you're in France, America, anywhere, or the previous Guinness Book of World Records holder from Australia who used 154 cheeses on a pizza? Not to mention, why is 54 such a common number in this world record scenario? So, you're telling me the first guy in Australia who held the record put 154 cheeses on a pizza, and the next guy, a French dude, put 254 types of cheese on a pizza. I mean, this is ridiculous. Like, you did exactly a hundred more cheeses than the previous guy? Was it by accident? Did you plan this? Are there only 254 different types of cheese in existence? Hell, I can only name like 30. This is crazy. I wonder what this tasted like. I mean, did somebody eat this thing? I hope somebody ate this thing. Either way, the dude made it in the Guinness Book of World Records. For most different types of cheese put on a single pizza... I would try it. I'm a cheese lover. Like, I will eat. I'll try any cheese except for that weird maggot cheese. I'm sure you've heard of this. Where they actually let the cheese rot with maggots in it before they eat it. Yes, this is a real thing. They let maggots live in the cheese, eating little crevices away, you know, just making caverns in this... Cheese, like it was Swiss cheese, but it's not Swiss cheese because Swiss cheese is bubbles from oxygen in it. This is maggots. I mean, a lot of people think blue cheese is gross. It is rotten cheese. But all cheese is rotten, people. Cheese is like moldy milk, pretty much. You know, you're just letting it ferment to whatever extent you want. The sharper the cheese, the moldier it is, essentially. And so blue cheese, you can't get mad at that. You're already eating moldy cheese when you eat any cheese. Except American cheese, which is fake. It's basically compressed milk. I do not eat American cheese. It's disgusting. I prefer Tillamook Extra Sharp Cheddar Special Reserve. Comes in a black label. Oh my gosh, that stuff is heavenly. But after one thin slice, you're like full for a month. And we all remember the Disney animated film Pocahontas. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't remember that? Phenomenal music. Just, I mean, a very good movie all around. But who was Pocahontas? Who voiced her? It was Irene Bedard. And she has gotten into a bit of trouble lately. With an arrest happening three days before another arrest, both for being basically a drunken buffoon. The first arrest occurred when she arrived home to begin abusing her 17-year-old son. The father of the son then came to his aid and said, Irene kicked him in a fit of rage, acting drunk and disorderly, and he had no choice but to call the police, who then had to wrangle her up as she squirmed and fought and scratched and clawed, and they chucked her in the back of the paddy wagon, took her to the slammer, let her go on bail, and three days later, at a hotel where she was verbally abusing the front desk agent, the cops were called again, and she once again would not go quietly into the night And actually attempted to ram a police officer with her head, just running after him. On the second charge, she was only charged with disorderly conduct and actually released without bail. But that's two times in three days that the famed voice of Pocahontas was arrested because she couldn't handle her fire water. Well, that makes sense. She is actually Native American. And she was shouting racial slurs to the white cop that came to take her away the first time. Talking about, oh look, they sent a white man to come take me away. And in the end, that's not going to help your cause. Calling out people's race, whether you're a different race and the person's white or vice versa, will not help you in any scenario. And it's going to make you look ignorant and stupid. Also, getting arrested for abusing your ex-husband and your son and fighting a front desk clerk at a hotel that you're being forced to stay at because you can't return home because you're too drunk and disorderly will make you look stupid, too. Way to go, Irene. Way to go. Well, folks, it keeps happening year after year, and now Hewlett-Packard has announced it plans on moving out of Silicon Valley and putting its headquarters now in Austin, Texas. Now, why is Austin, Texas always the place where these big tech companies eventually move? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because the rent, obviously, real estate-wise, is just cheaper It's cheaper to build there. It's cheaper to own land there. Everything about it's cheaper than Silicon Valley, the most expensive place, I'd say, probably on the planet. And the workers are cheaper. There's not as many people fighting for jobs as they are in Silicon Valley, where if you have a tech degree or something, if you're a software engineer or whatever, you go there, expecting to get a job and fighting for your spot in a world that's already packed with techies making dough. Whereas in Austin, Texas, it's still a semi-new market to them. So there's many reasons why the original Palo Alto garage startup company, Hewlett Packard, will now be leaving its original home For a whole new state. And you know what? I do not blame them. This is the first year total in their company's history. That they will have sustained an overall loss. Instead of a gain of any kind. Now if that happens to a company as big as HP. They need to consider some major changes. And this is one of them. And they've considered it. And they're going to make it happen. And I do not blame them. The craziest part about all this My father works for HP. Yes, but here in San Diego. I'm pretty sure the warehouses and places that they already have set up, especially here in San Diego where it's just maybe a, a fraction cheaper than it is in Silicon Valley, they'll remain open and the workers will still have jobs, but the headquarters itself will no longer be here in California and will instead be moved to Texas just like Tesla is building a huge Tesla power plant or Tesla plant in Texas as well. Just like Joe Rogan decided to move his podcast to Texas. I mean, a lot of places, people, companies, all kinds of stuff is moving out of Cali for the great state of Texas. And I don't blame them. I could be next. Folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast we all love. There's only 11 of these left. That is Real Stories brought to you by me, Peter Timothy Hankston, Barbecusion. That's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. And speaking of HP moving to Texas, I'm going to tell you the story. Well, just a fraction of a story of the first time I ever went to Texas. And I was with my wife, visiting my wife's family. Her father lives there, and, you know, they're great people, amazing, amazing folks, love them to death, and I must admit, I was somewhat shocked at some of the differences as far as Texas goes, one of them being we went to Cabela's, which is like a large outdoor and hunting and fishing type store, and we were able to just walk in and walk out with a gun, so that's that's something different, you can't do that here. But that wasn't the major difference to me. And uh, the major difference to me was something that I don't think is actually different. It's just what they decided to do that was different. I went out cruising with my wife's father one day. He, he tells me, get into his truck. Now, this was years ago when I first first got to Texas. Things may have changed. I don't know. Perhaps they are the exact same. I haven't been, there. I haven't been back for a long time. But uh, one of the times I went out there, he tells me, "Get get in the truck. We're gonna go for a drive, and you know we have somewhere we need to go, an errand to run, whatever." And I trust the guy. You know he's had multiple opportunities to kill me before. He's never decided to, although I totally deserved it because I absolutely destroyed his daughter's life when I first met her, and I've been working my entire life to make it up to them ever since, and make it up to her, of course. So with that being said, I hop into his truck. Big, giant, massive, like Ford F350 type truck. You know, it's just huge. Super Swampers, you know, super duty, you know, XLT, Power Stroke Diesel, all that crap. Huge, huge truck. I climb in there because I'm just a midget. I like, I wouldn't even be able to have this truck for myself. I wouldn't even be able to control this thing. So I'm glad he didn't ask me to drive. So I get in the passenger seat. And he stops by a store. He's like, "Hey, do you want a drink?" And I'm thinking, "Oh, you know, she's offering me a soda, or a Gatorade, or vitamin water, whatever." And I'm like, "No, you know, I'm mean, just, just get get whatever you get, and I'll I'll take a sip, or I'll have one of those, or whatever." He's like, "All right, cool." So he jumps out of the truck, goes into the store, comes back out, cracks open a 24 ounce beer. And sets it into his cup holder and starts driving. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? I'm, like, I'm just thinking in my mind, like, wait a minute, is this a rule I don't know about? Well perhaps perhaps you can drive while drinking in Texas. Is that is that a real thing? So I'm like trying to look it up, find it out, you know, but back then there wasn't even I don't even think I had Google on my phone. I didn't think Google was on phones yet. I don't even think Google was a thing. I know I had a cell phone. It was probably a Nokia or something. But uh, there's no real way to like find out what the law is there. You just kind of have to guess. Or in his case, take the law into your own hands and decide. So I'm watching him slug this 24-ounce can of beer while driving. Like He's not even waiting until he gets to a stoplight to take a swig. He's on the freeway, beer in hand, slugging it while driving past people i'm like freaking out at this point i want to act cool you know i'm and i'm the type of guy man i've broken laws i mean i i've gotten into some trouble in my day but at that stage in the game in my life i wanted to avoid trouble at all costs especially in especially in texas where if i went to jail i'd be the pussiest person in jail by far and i'm just looking at him each time like cringing please don't get pulled over Please don't get a DUI while I'm with you. And and then I have to like call my wife and like tell her what's happening. And all this crazy stuff is going through my mind. I wasn't even married to her then, actually. She was just my girlfriend. So it was even more crazy because it's just like I'm out with my girlfriend's dad. And he's drinking and driving. And I guess it's just normal. No big deal to him. He keeps slugging his beer. He ends up tanking the first one. I think he cracked the second. I'm not drinking. I'm like, I I don't want to do this. I don't know if he's testing me or what. Like, am I supposed to have this beer with him as a bonding experience? Or am I supposed to say no to the beer? Because I don't even know if I was 21 back then. No, I was 21. Yeah, def- I, I definitely was of age to drink. I just, I I guess I think I just chose not to. Eventually, things were all right. You know, if we... We got to where we were going and we got back to his home eventually. But I just had this crazy like, thought in my mind. Like, are you allowed to drink and drive in Texas? Like, is that a real thing? Well, years later, I realized, absolutely not. You can't do that anywhere. You cannot drink and drive in any state in the United States, period. You can't have an open container. You can't, you can't, you can't. Unless you're my wife's dad, who straight gave no F's that day. And I guess you can do whatever you want in that case. I gotta admit, I respected the guy. You know, nothing strikes fear in the eyes and mind of a pathetic little wimpy Oregonian kid than rolling in a massive truck in the middle of Texas with a father of your girlfriend who probably doesn't like you much because you're a, a slacker, while he is slugging beer and driving. It was, it was almost like an unspoken message of, this is how hardcore I am. Don't mess with me or my daughter. And the message was clear. I accepted it. Uh, either way, you know I've had some great times with those folks, especially him. He's one of the funnest dudes I've ever met in my life just a good time all around. He likes to have fun. He's a he's a bit of a partier, but he's also a family man. Nothing but respect for this guy. And uh, to this day I don't think he does drink and drive like that at all. It was just one of those things where, you know, I, mean, I don't know if he was just trying to put some shock into me a little bit, which did work. Congrats to you, sir. Uh, but that was one of my first experiences in Texas, I got to admit. You know, it uh, it set the standard for what was then yet to come, which was always a crazy good time. I uh, haven't been back yet. Well, I haven't been back for years because, you know, the wife, she, she wants to take all the children and go there. One of us has to stay here. I've got fish. I've got a dog. I've got kind of two jobs. And, you know, this whole pandemic-y thing and all that just makes it impossible. So it's been a long time since I've been back. I miss it, but you know I'm gonna stay put. She's gonna go back there in January. It's gonna be great, and I appreciate you listening to the Peter Gabbett podcast today, folks. If you've ever been to Texas, it's a good time. You, if if not, you should totally go. Uh, it looks like everyone from California is moving there, including Hewlett Packard, so might be a good idea. Anyways, uh, you know the routine. I will talk to you tomorrow. Everyone knows I'm into some old school stuff. Uh, This next song I'm playing for you on the Peter Gabbett podcast is definitely old school. In fact, if you were in any way a part of the hip-hop scene in the 90s or the early 2000s, you'll recognize this cut by Eric Sermon called Music. Here it is. A throwback for your enjoyment.
1: Just like Just like music. To relax my mind so I can be free and absorb the sound that keep me round. Doing my thing constantly with no worries. Peace to me Murray. Just like music. To keep me flowing, to keep me going, to keep me growing, to keep me to eat from knowing what happens out there. It's not my concern. You wanna die, it's not my Just turn. Like music. To do something to me like jumping the Mercedes uh. on the highway. Doing over 80 without music, baby. i I'll, I'll go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Just like music. woman Got me in the air, saying sweet nothings. Make love come out the mouth, no fronting Like all of a sudden, just like music, taking away your worries and cares. Any problems, music'll be right there. Together match, yo, we a perfect pair. Is that true, Marvin? Yeah, music, yo, to get you the bangness, body soul snatcher. Universal language, it be the light. So open up, this is it. What the fuck? Just like music. One fly tune to have black and white vibe in one room. No confrontation, poly or night, it's just a sensation. Just like music.